This podcast is brought to you in affiliation with Make My Trip. For special discounts for Indicast listeners on airfare, bus and hotel reservations, log on to makemytrip.theindicast.com. Hello and welcome to Tekka Masala, a technology podcast from an Indian perspective. I'm your host Aditya and back with me is Saket. Hi guys. Saket who has been out um, on a vacation in Goa during monsoon. How was Goa in monsoon? I've never been there in monsoon. Uh, it was fun. Really? I always thought that it will be damp and all those things and Goa is all about sunshine and all. Nay, it was fun. It was great actually. It was not raining and it was brilliant. Good to know that you had a good time. And so did make my trip stock. It has surged 90% and which started trading at a list price of dollar 14 is now, as I check right now, as of this moment, is at dollar 33 per share. This is phenomenal, isn't it? They IPO'd on August 12th and uh, I think they've raked in more than $70 million in cash and their valuations are just crazy. 594.18 million and since opening today, it has gone up 5% again. So the good run is continuing and uh, so let's see, I mean, this has been, this is this is the first Indian IPO in, in the US since 2006. Make hay while the sun shines. I also see, see this as the travel sector finally getting its due. We had Make My Trip, Clear Trip, all these companies. In fact, there's this whole bunch of companies now in the ticket booking business and uh, a sizable percentage of tickets booked are booked online. So, right. But then again, I mean, we've always been hearing reports that uh, these companies are running into losses, etc. Yeah, that's what companies yet to make a profit. So, but then again, they've got all the cash now. They plan on furthering their hotel booking business because that is more profitable than airline booking. Airline booking is very thin margins. So, they can. But, is pe chance pe dance kar rahe is easygo1.com, which is an arm of Cox and Kings. And they have finally filed a complaint. They have written a letter to US Securities, SEC Securities and Exchange Commission saying that, you know, Make My Trip had booked very close sounding domain name to easygo1.com and uh, it was a violation of uh, India's Trademark Act 1999. What nonsense. Yeah, so basically what happened was, so, uh, you know, make after easygo1.com announced that it's going to launch, Make My Trip went ahead and booked a few other domains which sounded very similar. The challenge by Zigo One is that they have spent 33 crores on advertising their domain, but due to the strategy that Make My Trip has done, a lot of traffic is being going to them, and they are saying it's worth 10 to 20 million hits was diverted towards Make My Trip. But this is neither here nor there. I mean, and, and this is bullshit. I mean, you cannot say that you can't book other domains. You know, you got to be proactive and book everything that sounds close to your company. And Zigo One dot com, I was told the one out there was added in for numerology reasons oh my god that's really bad <laughs> yes Some companies book all these domains for fun all the time i mean yeah, for example exactly. there's this website called asklela.com yeah. if you try and visit askmajnu.com you end up at the burp homepage. you should try that oh really now ask lela we should say that it is a directory listing site which now burp has been turned into earlier it was only restaurant reviews yeah ah interesting 
So yeah, so that is what is happening. So let's see. Right now, everyone is talking good things about it, but uh, let's see what future holds for Make My Trip. Uh, and by the way, there are affiliates. Please use them. They are nice guys for all your travel requirements. Go to makemytrip.theindicast.com. Anyways, let's move on. Let's move on and talk uh, about the BlackBerry kalafna that is happening in India. Finally, BlackBerry guys have said, okay, we give up after they received an ultimatum from India, and BlackBerry is now going to provide access to emails as well as chat uh, services to Indian authorities. This has been going on for a long time, hasn't it? I mean, governments have always been concerned about BlackBerry being this totally unmonitored channel of communication. and blackberry prides itself on security so they encrypt all their messages so practically what happens is that governments have got no way of accessing traffic which goes over blackberry either through the blackberry email application or through the blackberry chat messages yeah and 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 as you said you know their selling point in blackberry services was push email and security yeah so i guess governments have been setting blackberry long enough i mean uae recently banned blackberry services entirely because of security reasons again and yeah and that happened because apparently a mossad mossad had assassinated someone out there and they used blackberry message, messaging service to yeah. get, somehow coordinate the whole thing so yeah, i mean i mean, I mean they used blackberry messenger i guess and that's a very effective service you can even send short voice messages i mean finally so 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 this has been happening you know since 2008 when blackberry entered india yeah. and this this they had to do this because they had promised india to do it but somehow bureaucracy and wo sab mein nikal gaya the ultimatum that if they did not comply by august 30th the government would shut down blackberry so they had to act finally so anyway to give you the details i guess uh, uh all your email traffic on blackberry should be accessible to the indian government in the next 15 days and blackberry has also promised the government to develop tools which allow them to monitor chats which happen over blackberry and, and that's going to take about 6 to 8 months right that's so implemented in another 6 to 8 months so there goes your privacy but how big a deal now i was going to ask you that how big a deal is it i mean for even even for enterprise users now they they are they are very clear about a few things they are saying that you will require a warrant for us to hand over details to you yeah so it's not as if anybody can you know anybody can just go ahead and start snooping on you hey saket um, manan has joined into the call as well okay so i just wanted to let you know hi manan hey hi saket yes i have been using a blackberry as my primary phone for the past 2 to 2 and a half years does it really bother you uh well to a small to a small extent then again unlevel by the government and anything that you do online can be tracked by anyone i mean spy agencies have got uh, enough mojo already so i guess one should live with it yeah i think you know as i was manan you remember our conversation last time we were saying that definitions of privacy has changed now Yes, it in, it indeed has. I mean, uh, the amount of information that people share knowingly or unknowingly has varied a lot due to you know products like Facebook, and I think that is now going to slowly come down to even more private conversations such as you know IM messaging and uh, emails, etc. So I'm not really sure if you know a lot of people would go like, oh my God, uh, the, the government is looking at uh, my uh, emails and whatever. I mean. the us or right. the most probably uh, the us the cia fbi all of those guys if they want they can get access to all of this stuff it's on servers i mean it's not like nobody has access to any of this stuff uh, people think that you know if they use that uh, 
private mode of browsing that nobody would come to know where, where they're going. But it's not like that. You know, if someone wants access to the data or if someone wants access to stuff that you've been doing, it's uh, fairly easy to uh, get it, provided you have the right authorities. Uh, access. It's it's. So, so you are saying the private browsing mode is not really private. So my entire phone phone mode is not safe. Uh, no, I mean it's not safe because it the the data is not stored on your PC. So if someone comes to your PC, they'll not figure out. Uh, they can't uh, go through your history and cookies, and they won't come to know. But all of that is routed through your ISP. Yeah. Yeah, they would come so to if the government, I the government yeah. says that, you know what, I want to know what websites Manan Kakar has been browsing and if they go to my ISP, my ISP can give them the IP records of the websites that I've browsed and uh, they can, you know, map those IP addresses to web addresses and they can easily figure out what websites I've been going to. Now, coming back to the RIM topic, RIM has basically uh, put down four criterias before they provide this access to government. First, they have said is that such capabilities are limited to the strict context of lawful access and national security requirements as governed by countries. Two is that these capabilities should be technology and vendor neutral. Now, I am reading these are quotes directly from what RIM has asked the government to do. This So, so technology and vendor neutral boleto, RIM won't allow itself to be subjected to conditions its competitors are not. So that is the second condition. Third bola hai ki RIM is not forced to change the fundamental security architecture behind the enterprise product. That means they don't want to put up with technology costs that might come as a result of this. Or fourth saket is that RIM maintains a global standard for lawful access and makes no special deals with individual countries. Let's see, but uh, let's see how it goes. And remember, Saket, we had discussed there was this one story where Indian government had started restricting Chinese telecom equipment manufacturers to get come into India. So the phones did have IMEI numbers, so they were not trackable. Yeah, and that plus also the the cellular broadcasting or repeater stations that they have, you know, they they were not sure whether those networks would have some software embedded into so that China can spy on what is happening in India. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so so that, that ban has been lifted now. Yes, it's gone. So they, you know, someone went and talked to them, sat them down, and told them, "I said, kuch nahi types." And uh, you know, uh, government has asked that all these telecom companies will have to get their hardware certified by Network Forensics. Network hardening, network penetration tests will be done by government-approved companies, and only then they can go ahead and sell their equipment. And, and I'm not sure whether these companies again are Indian. I think these authorized companies are again uh, somewhere in the West, I guess. I'm not sure. Yeah, but they, they still have to be, you know, certified by Indian government as such. So, but I don't know. I mean, you know, these things, I think they, they started off with being very paranoid. But then again, we never know how, how bad paranoia can be when it comes to security, national security. You know, you know, if you take uh, technology uh, apart for when I was flying out to the U.S. Uh, on Saturday, uh, I was subjected to, I think, uh, two or three screenings. Uh, the first screening, they allowed me to take my water bottle. The second screening, uh, they didn't let me take my water bottle, which was a sealed water bottle that I bought from the airport. They said, and I bought it from a vending machine, that, and they said that, uh, no, no, because you don't have a receipt of the payment, we're not going to allow you to take uh, this water bottle on board the plane. So, I mean, that's how paranoid people can be, you know, that's how paranoid authorities can be. 
It's insane. I mean, I can't take a bottle of water. And the Indian government certainly works in mysterious ways. So, but if you know, if you look at these uh, four parameters set by BlackBerry, I think they're fair enough. For BlackBerry as a company also has to uphold its integrity to its customers. So I guess BlackBerry and the Indian government need to sit and you know make sure that uh, the security aspect is taken care of it and as. Yeah, and and you know this that this however guys raises two points in my mind. Okay, tell me first of all, for this service to have been in the US for all these years, it is very difficult for me to believe that US didn't ask for access to emails or messaging service. I mean, the CIA has got crazy amounts of power, so I mean, they already have access to everything that we are doing online, maybe even this podcast. So. <laughs> I, I, I pity the guy who has to listen to this. Yeah, maybe they're listening in. So it's just that they've got so much power and they do, they do so many things undercover that you don't hear of them. I'm sure they've got all the access to all the BlackBerry thing that uh, BlackBerry servers that there is to have. Yeah, so so it's it's interesting as to how this has just suddenly cropped up and become a huge issue. But then uh, let let's talk about this good thing that Rim is doing. Okay, it is. And you sent him this story, Saket, saying that BlackBerry, that is RIM, is set to join the tablet race and is coming out with something called as BlackPad. Yes. Now, this is very intriguing news. I thought the BlackBerry Storm wasn't much of a success. I mean, people haven't really appreciated that as a touch device. But uh, BlackBerry is getting into touch all over again with uh, uh, the new BlackBerry OS that's launching, the BBOS 6. And uh, they've got the first phone out, which is called the BlackBerry, that combines both the touch and the keyboard. So what the BlackPad is going to be is, I guess, uh, an attempt at making a bigger BlackBerry Storm, and right. one that is a lot more usable thanks to the new OS. Yeah, so it it is expected to be launched in November as of now. So let's see what happens. And have have you guys taken a look at Dell Streak? Not really, but I'm still excited by this uh, new tablet form factor. I mean, after the iPad success, everybody is doing it. So we just talked about the Lenovo LayPad on last episode. That's an Android-powered tablet, I guess. Yes, and everybody is going with Android. So, so there are basically going to be four operating systems for mobile devices now. For now, BlackBerry, BBOS six, Win Win seven, apna iPhone, and Android. So let's see how that goes. We still don't have enough information on BlackPad, so we'll update you as we get uh, news on that. Uh, what's next uh, that we have with us in the story lineup is Oracle is suing Google, and yeah, interesting, huh? So Oracle uh, bought Sun Microsystem, uh, you know, in April 2009. And now, just a week back, it announced that it was going to sue Google for patent and copyright infringement for using Java programming language for Android development. Yeah. So, isn't it like uh, Oracle suing Google for essentially using the Java software stack? I mean, you already have Java programs on the computer. There is the whole Java 2 runtime environment, which is available for free on the desktop. And right. What Android does is essentially uses Java programs. No, Saket, but that is meant for non-commercial purposes. If you want to create commercial applications or want to create applications, so so basically the Android development kit is a modified version of Java, and Google hasn't bought license to do that. I don't know. Maybe it's a license, or because I remember Java being partially open. 
Yeah, I mean, it is completely open. It is open as a platform. So what is right now happening is that third-party developers, they write Android apps in Java, which is then translated into something called as bytecode, which runs in Dalvik, which is Google ka, khud ka virtual machine. My point is that aren't those third-party developers, those who develop these Java apps for Android, aren't they already paying Sun Microsystems for a license? If they are uh, using a Java tool for development. Here, what the, so so the patent infringement on Google side is it, it is happening when they provide access to Dalvik. Apparently, that is what is causing the patent and copyright infringement. So I and and you know Java was a big part of the a, a big reason behind buying Sun Microsystems. I guess so. I mean, it makes all the sense given that uh, the amount of Java that is there in Android. I mean, they have insisted that they want all copies of their illegally running software to yeah. be impounded. Oh, yeah, that's going to be possible. I don't know how that's going to be possible. Yeah, but you know, I mean, any can, anything can happen. Oracle has Larry Ellison, the, the brat as they used to call him a long time back. So, in fact, there is an awesome email that Larry Ellison sent to a Forbes writer. Did you did you read that email? No. So, so the story here is that Manan... Uh, are you still with us, Maren? Yeah, no, no, I'm still here, I'm still here. Okay, good. So, what happened was, uh, this Forbes writer wrote about the whole, you know, Mark Hurd being fired, Larry Ellison made a comment that the HP board did the stupidest thing after the board of directors at Apple when they fired Steve Jobs. And he sort of compared firing of Steve Jobs with firing of Mark Hurd. And Larry Ellison and Mark Hurd are very good friends, apparently. So, this Forbes writer went ahead and said that Larry Ellison himself was, you know, a, a, a sexual harassment case was filed against him and he shouldn't be the one talking about all these things. You know, this entire herd thing did take, I think, the entire uh, blogosphere and, <coughs> sorry, the entire technology sphere uh, with a shock that, you know, oh my God, herd was pretty amazing for HP and all of a sudden he was fired for something, you know. Uh, right not good to his uh, his character. So, yeah, so, you know, as the days passed by, slowly things started coming up. Uh, the other day I read an article uh, in which, you know, uh, one of the sources close to Heard said that the board did not allow Heard uh, to, you know, present himself. And then yeah. one, one source from the boards, uh, who was close to the board, said that the board allowed uh, to you know come clean but uh, he wa he didn't uh, he he didn't take up that opportunity so you know like uh, always uh, like uh, in the apple uh, steve jobs in the board case there's a lot of politics that uh, you know we do not know and obviously you know we can't uh, uh, it would be rather wrong to say that you know the herd was completely wrong in what he did or the board was completely wrong in what they did obviously you know it's like those uh, what instantly comes to your mind or what the thought process at that moment is results in certain things and then you know when things go bad you can't really do about anything about it Once right it's and downhill it's downhill exactly and, and you know as you said herd has been good for hp only losers out here are probably the investors because herd is walking walking away with around 40 million dollars in sovereign space absolutely absolutely and board the, the board probably wanted to get rid of him so they are happy so i think the investors are the ones who got screwed in the whole thing <laughs> and yeah uh, you know coming so coming back to the larry ellison thing so 
he writes an email to this Forbes guy with mm-hmm. the subject line, hey jerk. And then he goes in and then he tears into this Forbes writer saying that he misrepresented facts in his article, saying that he was completely acquitted of that sexual harassment case and that the accuser was now in jail. He, write, he wrote him a, a, a quite a nasty email saying that he had not done his homework completely. Uh, you want a CEO like that sometimes. Well, Oracle is a ruthless company and uh, as we were talking about Android, I mean, they are a competing platform when it comes to a mobile OS, so I won't be surprised if they go all out after them. Uh, there, was, there was an interesting post by Marijo Folly on ZDNet with regards to this entire Oracle and uh, Google patent dispute and uh, she made a point that you know this entire thing might just uh, help Microsoft in way because uh, Microsoft 7 you know just coming around the corner uh, Google being embroiled in all these patent uh, cases and blah 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 it might give Microsoft that leverage that time to you know come out with a platform and strengthen themselves so let's see how things goes. Yes uh, in the meantime sticking to the mobile space now you can update your Twitter feed using a voice tweet. So, Tata Tele Service Initiative, isn't it? I mean, it's available on the Tata CDMA phones as well as Tata Docomo, the GSM service. Yes, yes. And it's limited to only those guys. So, what you want to do is, guys, right now, if you are a TTSL or TTML subscriber, you can log on to, what's the website? Callandtweet.com. Call and tweet, yeah. N is the letter N. And then you got to register your phone number, etc. And after that, what you just do is dial 5007 and send a voice tweet, record your voice. And the link to the voice tweet is posted on your Twitter feed. That's how exciting. excitement about uh, about Twitter all, all, uh, in the recent times, hasn't there? I mean, Airtel has launched this Twitter update service on their 53,000 number. And yeah. goes on their heels is Tata uh, Tele Services. And what's interesting is... Uh, how Twitter's open API has really helped uh, these companies come up with these services. I mean, Twitter got this structure out there. Creating a mashup as uh, the backend. I mean, all these uh, voice messages, etc. All of them are stored on the Tata website. I mean, the call and tweet website. But uh, Twitter is being used as a medium to post them. You know, this uh, I said that you know you can post with uh, via voice messages. The first thing that came to my mind was you know the good old pager. You call a number, leave a message, and that would be related to the pager of the person you wanted to send that message. That was the first thought that came to my mind when Tata yeah. announced the service. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I was thinking about why would I want to do this? <laughs> Precisely, who would want to do that? But then what happened was I went to this call and tweet website and the first message out there, now I don't know whether this was coincidence or what, the first message out there says that, hey guys, just testing this service out, I think it's a great service, especially for those who want to leave a message in Tamil, Telugu or Malayalam language. I mean, after blogging came microblogging, so isn't this micro-podcasting? Ah, (laughs) Really? <laughs> yeah, one could say that, I guess. I read in the story saying that you have to restrict yourself to 140 characters. How is that going to be possible? Is there a time limit? How is this happening? I have no idea. I mean, I think uh, I initially thought that maybe uh, there is a voice recognition engine which uh, translates your voice to English. But given that isn't the case, how I don't know how the characters come into play. You mean, you mean a transcription engine that is running, which... 
which converts your voice into text and then posts that on Twitter. Yeah, something really intelligent. Yeah, <laughs> something really intelligent. Yeah, even I was disappointed. So that is what that is not what is happening here. Okay, guys. Subscri- and by the way, this is not free either. So subscribers are going to have to pay 80 paisa. 80 paisa. Yes, 80 paisa for sending a voice tweet from their mobile and um, enjoy doing this. The voice SMS capabilities. Well, that's fun. So uh, when you are not, a, this is only for Tata Tele services, right? So yeah, can't use it. Can't use it, guys. Unless you are a Docomo subscriber. You know, honest, honestly, you know, I when I came across this uh, feature, I, I was like, damn, this is so useless that I'm not even going to blog about it. I'll try it out for fun. It's a novelty thing that you'll try once or twice, and after that, you'll be like, damn, I'll just go to the website and type it on the phone itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, so those were the topics that we had for this week. Uh, is there anything else that you missed out, guys? Do you want to talk about any other topics? I guess that's that for me. Let me check what how the Make My Trip stock is doing, Sakit. Since yeah. it started. So when we started, it was up 5.33% and now it is 5.41%. So it continues going up. Somebody is getting rich. Sadly, none of them are you know, amongst us right now. So right now, Manan, you are coming from Syracuse University, aren't you? Yep. And I, I, I followed, I've, I've been following you on Twitter and you're surprised <laughs> and you're surprised how short the shorts that girls wear out there are. Dude, seriously, men's boxers are way longer, man. Yeah, see, that was another thing. I didn't want to know about your boxer length, man. You know, I had to compare it to something to make that point, to make that point come across that, you know, these are really very short. The hard-hitting point, is it? (laughs) Yes, Manan, enjoy doing that because the winter is going to be coming on soon and Syracuse is going to be snowed in complete. complete snow. So, enjoy it while it lasts, okay? Uh, <laughs> that's about it. If you want to comment or write into us, please log on to www.theindicars.com. Our email address also is techkamasala at theindicars.com. You can follow all of us on Twitter and leave us voice messages, in fact. Okay? Uh, Saket, can be, Saket can be followed at... Volturo, that is V-U-L-T-U-R-O. And Manan is at... Manan, M-A-N-A-N. And I am at AC Mahatri. That's about it. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.